The following is a very important message. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Hi. As you remember, we last left our perverted pissants on the Emerald Isle. <laughs> Still running from the CIA. <laughs> they didn't go too far this time. They snuck their way onto a fishing boat and crossed right over to Scotland. <laughs> now let's jump in and see what kind of cockamamie crap our creepy cock swallowers can get in today. <laughs> a stranger has come. Would you like this last scotch egg? No, but I'll take some more of that whiskey. No, you won't! <laughs> You're driving. Prude. It doesn't help that you don't know which side of the road to drive on. What road? We've been plowing through wheat fields for the past hour. Why, yes, so it would seem. <laughs> Aries, look out for the sheep! My butt. <laughs> You're hilarious. Oh, why don't you go ahead and pull over at this Pub up ahead. Right. I could go for a pint or ten. No! <laughs> You're not drinking any more today. Jerk. I'm in the mood for a good story, and I hear that's the best place to go. <laughs> you know the old saying, don't go alone in the woods at night. Don't Google it. I'm sure it is an old saying. <laughs> Sometimes you feel compelled to walk along the unbeaten paths, feel the leaves crunch under your feet. But suddenly, you find yourself face to face with the beings known only as the Melon Heads. Not very fair to beat someone at chess when they're distracted. Even worse for that someone to make a bet when they're constantly in need of money. And I wouldn't call Crawford a paragon of manliness, valor, and virtue, but maybe generosity. Can't say I've ever heard my dad speak of Ernest Thesiger playing a paragon of anything. However, I can agree when Quentin says that Isabella is one of the most beautiful and extraordinary women he has ever met since. I have one of the most 
beautiful and extraordinary girls I've ever met right beside me. Oh, <laughs> so, so is, is, is Louis really in league with Delamarque? I'm not sure how much I think Louis is just more of a morally grey character. While De Lamarque is very much more morally... <sighs> Hello. Are you a glass salesman? I take it this is a bad time. Mr Warburton. Hello. How did you get my number? Did you go through Niall's contact book? No. Actually, my wife did. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, when is her due date? It was last week. <laughs> it's a girl. Her name is Sarah. Niall is a very happy big brother. And my wife is finally treating him nicely. Robert, on the other hand, is rather angry that there is no longer any parental favoritism putting him on the pedestal. <laughs> which is why I call. Whoa, what did Robert do to Sarah? What? Nothing. He might be bad, but he never stoops so low as to hurt a neonate. Rather, Niall went to the library. So, why are you calling me? It's, it's not that he's in trouble. It's just that his mother and me are, are worried about him. He went to the library three hours ago. He is quite the fleet wayfarer, so it only takes him about 20 to 30 minutes to get there from our house. And he would not be at the library for more than half an hour. Now, he may have accidentally turned his phone off since I cannot reach him. I've called the Cunninghams. I've called the Wienermans. Ask me about my Wiener! I've even called the Hens letters, and they haven't seen him. Now, has he stopped at your house? He has not. Have you tried the Fowlers? How about the Kangs? I have, and they have not seen him either. I'd go out looking for him myself, but now with my leg... I wouldn't be able to cover much ground. And I didn't think it's a good idea for Ulrika to be that far from Sarah. I'm guessing Robert isn't home either? Your belief is correct, and that's why we are really worried. Yeah, I'll be getting out. Darling, you'll be here when I get back? You know it, sweet cheeks. Oh, oh my god. Oh. What am I doing out here in the... in the woods? Why am I... I'm... I'm duct-taped to this tree! Oh no, what am I doing? I've, I've got to get myself... free, I've got to get loose! What was that? A LEMON NOGGIN! I gotta break free! Niall, wh where have you gotten to? The forest! It was a, a, a lemon cranium! A what? A, a lemon head! One of those, those little creatures with the, the, the big giant heads! For goodness sake, Niall. Melon heads. They are called melon heads. Go home. Your parents are worried. My, my parents? 
Both of them? Yes. Now go. Oh, you're back, Ken. What took you? I, I have no idea. It's a completely different story that may or may not get written. For the love of Angus. Now who's calling? No one, silly. It's just a reminder that I should start heading home at nine. You know, because we have such a big day tomorrow. Remember? Heading out to Moortown. Ah, jeez. I thought we'd agreed on Montpellier. We did, but remember you changed your mind. You used the reasoning that going somewhere was something as monstrous as the pig man may keep uninvited guests from showing up. We can only hope. We can only hope. Oh, so I just uh, re- read this card here. Huh? Oh, huh? These are the required points to express in your ad. Feel free to paraphrase and speak from your own experience. If you you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast. How about that? (laughs) With no minimum listenership. (laughs) It's uh, everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And a mandatory call to action. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. There, read your stupid card. Can I... Can I pull my pants up now? (laughs) What do you think of my new kilt? You know, it's actually pretty stylish. Where did you get that? I dug it off of that dude over there screaming about freedom or some shit. Aries! Go give it back. I really don't think he'll be needing it anymore. Looks like you're right. Well, finders keepers. Let's move on to the next story. Hey, this is a really cool scarecrow. Super vintage. Do you live here? No. I, I live down the street. I just wanted to. You're new here, right? Yeah, why? Just, you shouldn't buy that scarecrow, okay? You should just leave it be. Haven't you heard the story? Uh, no. What story? That's the Murphy family house. Every year, they constructed the best Halloween yard display in the entire town. There was something Jack's grandparents had begun with him and his siblings when they were still wee kids. Eddie grew up knowing that he would show his own kids the joy of spending a month setting up fake coffins filled with rubber mummies and half-decomposed zombies. After the family dinner, they would haul in the props and decorations from their storage shed and begin the painstaking process of arranging them in the expansive front yard. Gallons of fake blood would be spilled in countless bags of fluffy spiderwebs. They'd be stretched across every tree and bush. They'd have fog machines and sound effects. And they would start giving tours. The spooky tour, it took roughly five to ten minutes, depending on how quickly the groups moved across the yard. There was only one entrance and one exit, 
the only way to escape was to finish walking through it, like a traditional haunted house. The kids would dress up like voodoo dolls or murder victims and demonic clowns, and jump from behind the various props to terrify the visitors. At the end of the tour, everyone would receive a fair share of candy and pumpkin-shaped stickers that read, I survived the Murphy Horror House. The display would vary slightly from year to year, but one part of the display would never change. In the very center of the tour, illuminated by green and orange spotlights, there was a scarecrow. It hung askew on a rugged cross-like post. Jack made the scarecrow himself when he was 11 years old. He made it with his father. It was a burlap sack for a face. It was tattered and full of moth holes, but it still had that signature crooked smile. Stitched in black yarn and curled up a bit too far on either side. He was always the first to go up when the display of construction began, and it was always the last to come down. It was almost ceremonial. Then one Halloween, he went to perform his ritual of setting up the scarecrow. But when he went to get it... Daisy! You rang? The scarecrow! It's gone! Someone took it! I'm sure nobody took it, dear. You probably just left it somewhere. You know it's the first thing I put up! I saw it less than 20 minutes ago! It was there the last time I walked in the maze! It's just some neighborhood kids playing tricks on us. I'm sure they'll bring it back. We'll arm the alarm system tonight before bed. Ah! But that night, however, the alarm did not go off. And in the morning, Jack woke up bright and early from a restless sleep. He ran to their bedroom window and peered down the room. It was on the second floor and overlooked the yard. Stunned, he could plainly see, even from a distance, that the scarecrow was back on its post. Its head was even drooping slightly at the right, just as he had left it the night before. How? How is this possible? Maybe you were mistaken. You said yourself the spotlights were off. No, I know what I saw. How did they get the scarecrow back on its post in the middle of the night without triggering the alarms? Maybe the alarm system is faulty. We haven't used it in a year. I can have someone look at it tomorrow. Don't worry so much, Jack. You got what you wanted. It's back, isn't it? Tragedy struck in Finlay last night when 12-year-old Marla Greenberg was found murdered in her bed. We are still receiving details, but it appears she was... disemboweled. Several of her internal organs were missing. There was no sign of forced entry and the police are investigating the entire Greenberg family. Finlay PD has declined to offer any interviews and the family asked for privacy during this difficult time. Oh my god! I know Marla. She's in Trevor's class. Oh, her poor parents. For all you know, her poor parents are the ones who killed her. I didn't say such a thing. Kids, please be careful on the way to school and then hurry straight home. Daisy! It's gone! The scarecrow's gone again! That's it. I'm gonna be waiting on the porch this night with a bat. Just wait till they come back again. Jack, don't be stupid. Come to bed. Ah! <laughs> what in God's name is wrong with you? Jack, it's, it's happened again. In a shocking turn of events, a second murder has taken place in Finley roughly 24 hours after the first. The scene at 13-year-old Daniel LeBeau's bedside was equally grisly according to Finley PD. This time the boy's heart and lungs were missing. Again, no sign of forced entry is found, and the police are now convinced that this is the work of an organized, highly stealthy and sadistic killer. Finley has decided to enforce a mandatory curfew of 9 p.m. for all children under 18 until the perpetrator has been brought into custody. Dad, is someone going to kill us too? No, Trev. <laughs> I would never let anything happen to you. I would never let anything happen to you. Jack, maybe we should keep them home from school today. No, we didn't put our lives on hold because some psycho's out trying to scare everyone. 
That's just letting him win. The police are doing their jobs. We need to do ours. Watch. Do you want to stay home? No. Okay, then. Let's get ready. No sooner had the words left his mouth than he thought he caught movement in his peripheral vision. Something was outside. He approached the picture Wendy that faced the front yard and pushed the curtains further apart. He expected to see a bird or someone walking a dog, but everything was perfectly still in the Halloween display. Everything was as it should be. The scarecrow he was no longer surprised to see. He was once again back on its post, smiling merrily in the morning mist. Later that day, as the alarm system repairman wandered around the property looking at all the motion sensors and wiring, Jack took another stroll around through the display and came to a stop in front of the scarecrow. And he stared at it, with his hands on his hips. He'd taken a day off work to be there, and the maintenance man came, and had spent the day trying to logically work through what could be happening on this property. He hadn't yet told Daisy about the scarecrow's latest disappearing act. He wanted to solve this puzzle on his own, and he knew she would say it was just a dream. Yet he knew something was a bit off about the scarecrow. It seemed a bit... fuller than it usually was. He knew that over the years the straw and stuff had fallen out of its torso, and it was usually rather slim. But now its chest and stomach seemed robust, as if it had been generously restuffed. <laughs> Are the kids still in it to refill it? <laughs> to make it look nicer? That's ridiculous, but maybe they just love the tour so much they just want it to be perfect. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> ah, Mr. Murphy, could you sign this? Ah, yeah, sure. Strangest thing as far as I can tell. Your alarm system is working in perfect order. What do you mean? I mean it. It works just fine. It always has. We can test it and show you. Yes! Please do! I need to know that it works. Wake me up before you go, go. Don't leave me hanging on like a yo-yo. Wake me up before you go, go. I don't wanna miss it when you hit that See there? That doesn't make sense. Could the intruders possibly be disarming it and then arming it again before they leave? They need the passcode and access to the remote. There's no evidence that the system has been tampered with. Mr. Murphy, nothing is officially missing from your property, correct? Well, n no, I mean, not right now, but... Then I wouldn't worry. If you have any other concerns, don't hesitate to call us again. I heard that they didn't just take Danny's heart and lungs, they took some of his skin, too. Oh, shut up! That's gross and not even true! My friend Christina lives a few houses down from them. Her sister Tasha said that the police found pieces of what looked like hay in and around the bodies. So they were killed by... Horses? Of cows. <laughs> Guys, enough! Wash up and come in for supper. That night after the security system was armed and Daisy and the kids were fast asleep, Jack sat up on the front porch with a flashlight in one hand and his metal baseball bat in the other. This time he was going to see who or what was moving the scarecrow. He had to prove he wasn't crazy. Hours passed in the stillness and silence and it was getting even colder. Nothing in the yard was stirring. The props were all as they had left him. He kept his eyes trained on the scarecrow. Jack! He had dozed off in the chair. First he thought he dreamt his wife's cry for help, but it came again from inside the house. Jack! He looked up at where the scarecrow was, and it was gone. Daisy! When he ran inside, there, crouched over the pale and mangled bodies of his wife and his son, was the scarecrow. Hey, that is a truly terrifying story. Hey, I know. That's why I told you. So that's why you shouldn't buy it. Hey, I'll take it into consideration. I'll buy the scarecrow. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> I'll set it up on our porch tomorrow. It'll really pull the whole Halloween vibe together. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, once again, my cashmere cardigans. Why do Chinese girls taste different from all other girls? It is time for the creepy pasta corona. <laughs> Last night I was walking through the park in my local area. It's a big wide open space with minimal amount of trees. Me and my mom do a dog walking business together, but she wasn't feeling very well so I took over for her. As I was walking I felt like I was being followed and sure enough I was. As I looked back trying to face my fears and not be scared, I noticed a black figure standing still in the distance. I took a few steps forward trying to get a better look at it. Next thing I know, it goes on all fours and starts rapidly running after me. I ran as fast as I could. I screamed <laughs> at neighbors' homes in hopes that they would be able to hear me. But as you would imagine, they couldn't. Or they were ignoring me. Eventually, I had run so far. How far was it? I had run so far that I didn't know where I was. Ah. <laughs> Ah, I knew the plateau off by heart, but it seemed that I had ended up another neighborhood entirely. If I did, then I wouldn't want to go back. I decided I would make my way around the plateau and try to go through my secret entrance to the park. It seemed to me at the time that the park would be my safest bet. Houses all around in a nice open landscape, so I headed around. As I got to the park finally, I decided on getting this dog home to its owner before it's ripped to shreds by the beast. I took in my surroundings and figured a shortcut would lead me to the house and get me straight to my house in one piece. I had just taken the dog home, and there is literally only a five minute walk back to my house. As I was walking out of the driveway, I saw the black figure only standing a meter away from me, but it wasn't black anymore. It was pale, white, with big, beady eyes. Like a doll's eyes. Like an alien. It suddenly lunged forward and scratched at my chest. I then overpowered it and started strangling and choking it with the leash from the dog. I was strangling it until I had a sudden change of heart. So I let it go. But it had blacked out by then. I let out a sudden sigh of relief which told me that I was going to be able to get home in time. I am now home. It's eight o'clock in the morning and I just woke up. I'm in good condition and I am now safe. But now that I think of it, I think there is some breathing coming from under my bed. Hold on, let me just investigate. Dead! Ladies and gentlemen, musical guest, Moonlight Zoo. Hello, how do I know you? I don't know. Think it happened long ago. Maybe you stood out in the crowd. Maybe I came and said hello. Now it's not about taking home, more about letting go. Can't remember why I introduced myself at all You were a wild, wild woman for a while I wonder how did I get under your skin to begin with You were a wild, wild 
reason why to stay or leave you behind. Sometimes I try to be friendly, but I always end up offending you. You were a wild, wild woman for a while. I wonder how did I get under your skin to begin with? You were a wild, wild woman for a while. I wonder how did I get under your skin to begin with? How did I? For this week's exciting episode of Happy Horror Coffee Break, Old Time Horror Radio Show. <laughs> uh, the Murphy House by Kelly Foster. The Melon Heads by Jet. Five Five Six. And read by our extra very special guest, Barry Baz Bastard Henderson. Of the Extraordinary Stories podcast. Oh, that's a delicious show. Go check it out anytime on any platform. Musical guest, Moonlight Zoo with Wild. Hey, why don't you buy a shirt or some socks or a hoodie? Oh, go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash happy horror merch. From there, you can purchase any of those four set items, and every penny that you spend on that, that doesn't go to Teespring, will go to the Tuber Sclerosis Alliance. Visit them at tsalliance.org. Hey, did you hear that commercial earlier? <laughs> do the thing. While you're doing that thing, do it while sipping on some Death Wish coffee. Go to deathwishcoffee.com, buy some coffee. Have it delivered to your home, and before you do that, put in the code Happy Horror at checkout, and you will get 10% off your first order. <laughs> Can't make it any simpler than that. 
And don't forget, if you're listening to this on iTunes, which most of you aren't, rate it, review it, give me five stars. Why won't you give me five stars? Oh, you did. Oh, thanks. <laughs> cool. Oh, until next time, my shining shit babies. Throw on some old Rod Stewart and enjoy your swinging coffee break. Aries, do you think I'm sexy? Channel four and a half.